Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we'll be reading Matthew 13, verses 24 to 43, and then through J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on Matthew. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 to 43. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, Did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No. Lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. All these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And the disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. And he answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The son of man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. This is the word of the Lord. The parable of the wheat and the weeds, which occupies the chief part of these verses, is one of peculiar importance in the present day. The consideration of the parables of the mustard seed and the leaves is purposely deferred into a future part of the exposition. It is eminently calculated to correct the extravagant expectations in which many Christians indulge as to the effect of missions abroad and of preaching the gospel at home. May we give it the attention which it deserves. In the first place, this parable teaches us that good and evil will always be found together in the professing church until the end of the world. The visible church is set before us as a mixed body. 
It is a vast field in which wheat and weeds grow side by side. We must expect to find believers and unbelievers, converted and unconverted, the children of the kingdom and the children of the wicked one, all mingled together in every congregation of baptized people. The purest preaching of the gospel will not prevent this. In every age of the church, the same state of things has existed. It was the experience of the early fathers. It was the experience of the reformers. It is the experience of the best ministries of the present hour. There has never been a visible church or a religious assembly of which the members have all been wheat. The devil, that great enemy of souls, has always taken care to sow weeds. The most strict and prudent discipline will not prevent this. Episcopalians, Presbyterians, and Independents all alike find it to be so. Do what we will to purify a church. We shall never succeed in obtaining a perfectly pure communion. Weeds will be found among the wheat. Hypocrites and deceivers will creep in. And, worst of all, if we are extreme in our efforts to obtain purity, we do more harm than good. We run the risk of encouraging many a Judas Iscariot and breaking many a bruised reed. In our zeal to gather up the weeds, we are in danger of rooting up the wheat with them. Such zeal is not according to knowledge, and has often done much harm. Those who care not what happens to the wheat, provided they can root up weeds, show little of the mind of Christ. And after all, there is a deep truth in the charitable saying of Augustine, those who are weeds today may be wheat tomorrow. Are we inclined to look for the conversion of the whole world by the labors of missionaries and ministers? Let us place this parable before us and beware of such an idea. We shall never see all the inhabitants of earth, the wheat of God, in the present order of things. The weeds and the wheat will grow up until the harvest. The kingdoms of this world will never become the kingdom of Christ and the millennium begin until the king himself returns. Are we ever tired by the scoffing argument that the infidel, that is, an unbeliever, that Christianity cannot be a true religion when there are so many false Christians? Let us call to mind this parable and remain unmoved. Let us tell the infidel that the state of things he scoffs at does not surprise us at all. Our master prepared us for it 1,800 years ago. He foresaw and foretold that his church would be a field containing not only wheat, but weeds. Are we ever tempted to leave one church for another because we see many of its members unconverted? Let us remember this parable and take heed what we do. We shall never find a perfect church. We may spend our lives migrating from communion to communion and pass our days in perpetual disappointment. Go where we will and worship where we may. We shall always find weeds. In the second place, the parable teaches us that there is to be a day of separation between the godly and the ungodly members of the visible church at the end of the world. The present mixed state of things is not to be forever. The wheat and the weeds are to be divided at last. The Lord Jesus shall send forth his angels in the day of his second advent and gather all professing Christians into two great companies. Those mighty reapers shall make no mistake. They shall discern with unerring judgment between the righteous and the wicked and place everyone in his own lot. The saints 
and faithful servants of Christ shall receive glory, honor, and eternal life. The worldly, the ungodly, the careless, and the unconverted shall be cast into a furnace of fire and receive shame and everlasting contempt. There is something particularly solemn in this part of the parable. The meaning of it admits of no mistakes. Our Lord himself explains it in words of singular clearness, as if he would impress it deeply on our minds. Well may he say at the conclusion, Who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let the ungodly man tremble when he reads this parable. Let him see in its fearful language his own certain doom, unless he repents and is converted. Let him know that he is sowing misery for himself if he goes on still in his neglect of God. Let him reflect that his end will be to be gathered among the bundles of weeds and be burned. Surely such a prospect ought to make a man think. As Baxter truly says, we must not misinterpret God's patience with the ungodly. Let the believer in Christ take comfort when he reads this parable. Let him see that there is happiness and safety prepared for him in the great and dreadful day of the Lord. The voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God will proclaim no terror for him. They will summon him to join what he has long desired to see, a perfect church and a perfect communion of saints. How beautiful will the whole body of believers appear when finally separated from the wicked. How fine will the wheat look in the barn of God when the weeds are at length taken away. How brightly will grace shine when no longer dimmed by incessant contact with the ungodly and unconverted. The righteous are little known in the present day. The world sees no beauty in them, even as it saw none in their master. The world doesn't know us because it didn't know him. 1 John 3 verse 1 But the righteous shall one day shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. To use the words of Matthew Henry, their sanctification will be perfected and their justification will be published. When Christ, our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Colossians chapter 3 verse 4. That is the end of Ryle's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we've heard today. And may the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His glory.